any, anybody have anything? Did you, how about a scripture, revelation, anything there? I, I got a question. Okay. First, before you do the question, I'm, I'm, just one second. I, I want to say that uh, Wes and I did a video together, and uh, we did it on um, the, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it for today? The teachings that Jesus taught, the commands that Jesus gave, um, are those for today? Or are we uh, under a different um, uh, um, dispensation? You don't want to use that word, but, but under a different, uh, whole different gospel. Is there two different gospels? The gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of baby Paul. And we, we went through that. And, um, and if you guys want to talk about that some tonight, because that, that's a very, very important subject. I think a lot of people uh, feel like um, the things that Jesus said to do, uh, that they don't need to do them. And just a couple of scriptures to show you what I'm talking about. Remember Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, all power and authority is given to me in heaven and earth. And he, said, he told the disciples, go and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you, to obey or observe all things that I've, and Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end. Second uh, Thessalonians 1 8 says that the Lord is coming back in fiery vengeance to execute judgment upon those that know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to define, and we went into it, we did a, a, a video together, Wes and I, and we, we defined what the gospel of Jesus Christ was as being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus actually spoke, and, what, uh, and, and where we continued at, because remember, Jesus told them to go and preach that. To all of the all of the nations, or is there was there something else that was supposed to be? Because a lot of people have that confused, and they thinking, "Hey, I don't have to do what Jesus said to do," mm -hmm. and uh, that's a big thing nowadays. And so, you may want to look at that video, or we can discuss it today. I'm sure Wes would be glad to do that also with us. So, I just wanted to bring that forth. You may want to go to Only One Truth and look at that and listen to it. It's um, a little lengthy, but because it's a lot of scripture that we went through. I got it. Okay, let's, let, let me let oh, her say go, go, okay. go ahead. It's just a question I was reading in Romans 8. Mm -hmm. um, it started in verse 19. Your creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from the bondage, from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Um, so my question. Where are you? Where are you? I'm sorry. Romans eight. You know, you always tell me you, you don't give us time to turn. You didn't give me any time to turn. <laughs> Romans eight. What verses? Nineteen. Nineteen. The creation waits in eager expectation okay. for the sons of God to be revealed. Okay. The creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. So, um, and it goes on to say, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Okay, so um, when it talks about the creation being subjected to frustration and the creation being liberated from its bondage to decay, what do you think the creation...
creation is speaking about? Is, is it just like the earth, plants, animals, or the creatures that he created in the heavenly realms? Uh, I actually, my, my, the King James actually reads, actually reads the quote, this uh, creature was subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The creature. Creature. Yeah. What's King James saying? Yeah. What, is it, what is it talking about? It's, it's talking about, uh, I, what I see it here, somebody else may want to say something on it, that, that it's kind of like 2 Corinthians 5 talks about. It talks about that we groan within, waiting to be clothed upon with a new body, that, we're, that these bodies are subject to corruption, that they, they, they're not going to live forever. But that we that we looking but we looking for that glorious hope and delivered from from the bondage to hold back that we have living in these creatures and these vessels that we have. And I say creation could be the same thing because all creation is is going to die and have have newness of life. You know, have a new body. What is verse twenty two? We know that the whole creation has been growing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you another scripture that's very similar that, that helps explain. They go to Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 1 and 2. Well, you, can go, you can go further than that. You can go verse two, 1 through 3 if you want. Um, for, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our, with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. So that kind of goes along. Well, what does it say in Romans 8.22? For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in oh. pain together until now. Okay, so right there it's saying creation. Yeah, yeah like creation. the whole, all the creation okay, groaneth. So. Because there's still pain, there's still sorrow, there's still trials. Death, there's still crying, there's still... So, trials, right? Huh? So there's I, trials, my, my tribulations. Yeah. Of what is the... Yours says cre uh, creation. Creature and mine says creation. So, what is the creation that it's speaking for? I, I think it's it's the cre uh, us creatures. Uh, I think it can also be creation. I haven't looked into that particular word, <clears throat> which one is really really closer to the Greek. But uh, I think the whole creation groans, waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. You know, because the, uh, everything here we look at is temporal. But what we don't look to see is what we told to look at is in Second Corinthians four. We look at the things that are eternal, uh, not the things that are temporal. We look at, just like he says in Colossians 3 1, it's, it talks about if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We groan within us. I said, waiting to be clothed upon uh, to leave this creation because this is this is not heaven. So we experience knee pain, we experience uh, you know, uh, things of, of getting older, you know, and, and we have that, we won't have that experience. Once we're with the Lord, we won't groan for that anymore. We won't have trouble coming up the steps, you know, or we won't, we, we, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there, you know. And as a believer, uh, Claire, and as you, as you very well know, um, coming to an end of life or end of our physical life is not a bad or a thing to be afraid of as believers. As an unbeliever, it, can, it is very scary. People that don't walk in the Lord with all their hearts and have not turned completely from sin, they need to be scary, 
you know, needs to be scared because the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 6, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So it's, it's, it's something to be scared of. But if you, once you totally come to the Lord with a full repentance, then there's nothing to be scared of. It's joyous because Paul said that himself in Philippians chapter 3, uh, I'm sorry, chapter chapter 2, he said this, he said that that uh, he, he had a desire to go and be with the Lord, which was far better. He said, but he wanted to stay and help the others. And then when he finished his life, he was excited. He said, man, I've, I've come to the end now. But he said, I've kept, my, I've kept the faith. I fought the fight. You know, I've, I've laid hold of eternal life. You know, now it's in store for me to crown of righteousness, and not to me only, but to all those that love his appearing. Cedric? Uh, I just looked up that word. Creature and creation is the same Greek word. It's called uh, katissis. Is the, the so, so, so what does it mean? Okay, I can read it to you. It says, the act of founding, establishing a building, uh, the act of creating, creation of uh, individual things, uh, beings, a creature, a creation, anything created after irrevocable usage by which a man converted from the idolatry to Judaism was called the sum or aggregate of things created institution of ordinance. So it's basically the whole creation. Yeah, it's everything. It's, it's everything is growing. The virgin said creature, what you read? Yeah, I'll uh, King James says oh, preacher. King James. NIV says preacher. Way to go, Don. Finally come around. <laughs> <laughs> he said he finally come around, Don. Sorry, <laughs> All right. He's not going to Leave him alone. He's over, he's over with me now. <laughs> ben, no, you had something? Stuck in between. Huh? You can talk go back and forth real quick. Pull that out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Any of you guys have something to say about what, what she was talking about? Wes, I can't hear you. Your mic is. Cedric, I need you over here. <laughs> I bet he doesn't have that able to. Yeah, he needs to come back and do that. Hold on just a second, uh, Wes, and we'll get him over there. He left just for a minute. Oh, we can't hear him. We can't hear you. So hold on just a minute, Wes. Okay. <clears throat> Amen. So anyway, while we're waiting on him, um, speaking of that, uh, I thought it was very interesting because so many times I remember being so confused uh, reading the Gospels of Jesus Christ when he was telling uh, those to, hey, any man to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and come after me for he'll lose his life. But if he loses his life for my sake, he'll truly be saved. And then reading, and then being told the mic is the mic is off. We can't hear them. Oh, his mic is muted. No, not Wesley's. Wesley just spoke and he couldn't hear. He's he's talking. You can't hear it. Huh. You have control of muting everybody. Like I haven't heard anybody say anything. Yeah, you don't have their mic on. Let me see. Hold on. So we're muted. No, no, they can hear us. We just can't hear him. No, but 
one of the other guys can hear West. We just can't hear West. It's gotta be really loud. Yeah. Technical difficulties. Yeah. It wouldn't be our mic. It would be the. Uh, yeah. See, we're we're white. Just saying, we're old. Yeah. They can hear us. We just can't hear him. Where's try it again? He's not. It's not. He's not getting big on the screen either. He's just staying in a small yeah, different. icon. This is. Yeah. Hmm. Hey Wes, try try now. Uh, or Chris, whoever, somebody say something over there. Test the audio. Yeah, they'll just have to um, rest you continue see if you can get that set and we'll just move on from there. Okay, all right. Would you guys want to uh, go over some of that book we talked about, or do you want to go to James and finish up the book of James? James, James. Which one? Five. Oh. James? Yeah, it's all good. Okay, let's go to James then. James chapter five is where we left off. seven is where we left off, I think, right? Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord, draw it near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen in the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not at all, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by the, any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into condemnation. Let's stop right there. Okay, he talks about being patient. 
for the coming, waiting on the coming of the Lord. Uh, anybody have any comment on that? Huh? Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, it talks about, let's go to 2 Peter. You want to hear from it? Yeah, you, can you hear from me now? Yeah. Hey, um, Wesley, go ahead, uh, Wesley. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, we can hear you, man. Boom. Okay, Wes, go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. You got all the way up. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Wes, talk. Hey man, testing, yeah. testing. we can hear you, Wes. What you got in your heart? Okay. Oh, I was just—I was gonna bring something up in Romans about the creation testifies. I was just thinking about how uh, all creation groans and testifies uh, of the revealing of the sons of God. Whether you say creation or um, the creature, I think it all has to do with whoever of the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 11 says they will not be made perfect apart from us, so I think they're not going to be receiving their glorified bodies because the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will meet him in the air. So we're not all going to get our we're all going to get our glorified bodies when Christ returns. So I think that that's what Romans chapter 8 is referring to, and as Don shared, he, he's going from. First Corinthians chapter 15 and kind of gave that same concept. So that's what I was uh, wanting Amen. to share off of that. So. Thanks, Wes. Thank you, Wes. Okay, so he said be patient there for... Go ahead. Sorry about that. So can you get the other one working? You have to get it working. The TV? No, I have to work on that next okay. week. But okay. for the sake of him talking, though, I'd use my mic. Okay. For that. Can so you hook that to a mic where it could be louder to a speaker or something to be louder? Possibly that one. Okay, we'll try there. Jill can get you another speaker. It's okay for tonight. Okay. All right, Second Peter chapter uh, chapter three. Speaking of the of the coming of the Lord, uh, being patient. Um with, with Peter with uh, what James is basically saying is that um, there's many that will not, um, that will seemingly falter away because they, they think, well, the Lord's not coming or the Lord's delayed is coming and they're not really getting ready. We also have other people that they concentrate on the coming of the Lord so much that they're thinking, well, man, I want the Lord to me come back, but they're not, they're not ready for the Lord to come back. And when you're ready for the Lord to come back, it doesn't matter when he comes, <laughs> because you're walking in the light. Uh, you do, you will endure persecution, uh, and you will go through tribulation times. Uh, the Bible says that all who live godly shall suffer persecution, and we're to go through those things. Um, 
the scripture talks about that. Uh, I'm sorry, I told you uh, Second Peter. I want to go there, but I want to go to First Peter chapter First Peter chapter two first, um, and just kind of talk about that suffering there a little bit. It says that it says it here um, in chapter two, verse nineteen. He says, uh, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. What does it mean to suffer wrongfully? Anybody got an idea? Pay a price for something that you didn't do. Exactly. Okay. Uh, for what glory is it if when you be beaten for your fault, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well... And you suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. And then he goes for you here, and he gives himself as an example. He says, For even here unto where you called, because Christ also suffered for us, Amen. leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So listen closely to what his steps are to follow, because he suffered. We're to suffer the same way. What was the first step? But verse 22, what was the first step? Who did no sin. Very good, Cedric. So you can suffer because you, you're not... Doing sin. You're not doing something that is going to please your flesh. So you may have to suffer because you're not doing that. For instance, somebody curses you, and you just take it and not curse them back. Right. You know, you can feel, you can get an emotion of wanting to respond to that ugliness that that other person may have given you, but when you don't retaliate, then the Lord is pleased with that kind of behavior. Right. And we, 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 we all, as Christians, as believers, will go through that because mm -hmm. we're standing in Christ. Uh, and, those, and again, that goes back to the teachings of Jesus Christ, right? So if, you, if one slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other cheek. Right. If one takes away your coat, give him your cloak also. Right. Resist not evil. It also says in that same passage, in that scripture, it says that you may have heard of old time that you did one tooth for another tooth, but now I'll say unto you. Love your enemies. Yeah. Bless those that say all men of evil against you and persecute you. That goes, along, that goes along with what you was talking about, yeah. with the teachings of Christ. This That's a part of that. Yes, amen. That's right. So, so the first thing Jesus suffered was he didn't sin when he was tempted or when somebody came at him and did because my they did terrible things to our Lord as we know um, uh, and it, it says neither was God found in his mouth Correct. in other words there wasn't any cussing there wasn't any complaining there wasn't any uh, retaliating coming out of his mouth he didn't have none of it in his heart huh he didn't have none of it in his heart that's because that's where we come from when he came right exactly so, so if we have that coming out of our mouth what do we have Don you got a messed up heart. Not only is it in the heart, but in Galatians it says that um, you, you, you're identified as walking in the flesh at that point. That Jesus, uh, in the scriptures it talks about that Jesus was always pleasing to God because he was always walking in the spirit. There's a difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. Jesus never walked in the flesh, neither did Jesus have a corrupt heart. They both go together. So by Jesus having a clean, pure heart, Matthew 5, which you talked about, and also walking in the Spirit at all times, he was being pleasing to God. So how to be pleasing to God and to be continuous pleasing
pleaseth at all is to walk in the Spirit. That's a, that's a good point, because you said like in Galatians 5.16, that walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. A lot of people ask me, well, well um, what is walking in the flesh versus what is walking in the Spirit? I want to know how to walk in the Spirit. So how do I walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh? Do you want to explain that? So, <laughs> If not, I, will. I don't want to put you on the spot. Hey, it's fine. Um, basically, you have to identify, like you have said once before, you have to identify what's walking in the flesh. Once you have to, I think we talked a bit about that probably last year. Walking in the flesh is identified as doing sin or doing uh, something that you shouldn't be doing, what's not a faith is sin. Uh, obviously, breaking God's commandments, uh, complaining, like you said before. Not what, what about Galatians 5.19 that actually lists the works of the flesh? Correct. So if, you, if you're doing those things, Cedric then you're definitely walking in the flesh, right? That's right. Right? Okay, so you're definitely walking in the flesh. So if I determined that was walking in the flesh, then what would be walking in the spirit? It would completely be the opposite. Doing the opposite thing, right? Not doing those things and doing those things of the fruits of the spirit that it says right below that would be walking in the spirit. Because the scripture says in Romans Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says if you live after the flesh, no, it says says, he who who walks in the flesh cannot please God. Correct. He cannot please God. And he says, if you live after the flesh, in other words, if you have any of those sins that talks about in Galatians 5, 19, envying, strife, ugly stuff coming out of your mouth, all these things, fornication, adultery, uh, stealing, killing, so forth. If you do any of those things, he says, you, you will not inherit the kingdom of God and you're not walking in the spirit. You know, somebody can say, well, I'm walking in the spirit. They got... A cuss word coming out of that. No, you're not walking in the spirit. You're walking in the flesh. You can also look at walking in the spirit as an active. It's not a passive statement. It's an active statement. Yes. So if you're walking, you're literally walking. Kind of like in like Luke. Like a verb. Ch- yeah, you're walking. Yeah. In yeah. Luke chapter 1, verse 5, where Elizabeth and Zacharias was walking. They were not yeah. only walking. That's good. That's way. a good scripture. Let's, let's turn there. Let's look at that just a minute. Where is that? Luke chapter 1. And if they have any bad fruit coming out, they're not a good tree. That's right. That's good too, Don. Coming out is good, yeah. even if it looks good. That's right. Well, you guys are getting so sharp. I'm so proud of y'all. <laughs> Luke, what, Don? I just came huh? off the dark grades, man. Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one is talking about uh, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. Right. And let's see what the Bible says about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, Zacharias was a high priest then. He made offerings to God. This was before uh, before Christ had come to earth. Zacharias lived, and they both ended up having a child named who knows their child, John, John the Baptist, right? That was their that was their, their firstborn child. Uh, matter of fact, Elizabeth was well stricken in age. She was an old lady, wasn't past her time. She was past her time of having a child, and she had a child in her old age. But before that, it was spoken of in Luke chapter one. It speaks about uh, both of them here, and it says something about them that's very very important. Um, would you read for me um, verse uh, 5 and 6 of Luke chapter 1? When you get a chance, Wes has someone. Okay, yeah, yeah, just a second. Okay. Um, well, I'll, you want to read it again? What's that? Luke chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Okay. Uh, you got it, Terry? I'll read it, I'll read it. Okay, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abi, um, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. So we have Elizabeth and we have Zacharias. And they were both 
Listen to this carefully. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commands and the ordinances of the Lord how? Blameless. They were in no, in, in no sin. They were blameless. So they, they were walking, we would say, walking in the, in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because if they would have been walking in the spirit, I mean in the flesh, they would not have been blameless, correct? Because they were walking in the spirit. Okay. Wes had something to say? Yes. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, that, that's good. Um, and, and, and a lot of people uh, don't think that you, uh, that, that, you, that you need to do that or that you should even do that. But that, ought, that is the teachings of Christ. That is the way to live by walking in the Spirit. Uh, but, but let me finish this in 1 Peter chapter 2. What he was saying here, um, he says, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, after, we, after he said, no God was found in the mouth, and, and, and God is, is, is complaining or using ugly language, speaking bad down to somebody, whatever it might be. And we know that James chapter 1 verse 27 says that, that he that does not refrain his tongue, his, his Christianity is worthless. You know, he can say he's a believer, he can say he's a Christian, but it's worthless. And then he, he goes on further and he says here, who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. He did not say anything, but he didn't fight back. Uh, when he suffered, 
He didn't threaten. You know, you, some people, they go through some suffering. They say, yeah, you do that to me again, and I'm going to do something such to you. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? They hit him. They did all that. He didn't do that. That's how we're to live. That's, right. that's, that's to be our life. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. Said, Lord, you take care of it. In Romans chapter 12, it actually says there, in, in Romans chapter 12, if you want to go there, uh, the scripture talks about that a little bit uh, toward the end of chapter 12. He says, uh, verse 19, well, let's, let's start at verse 17. He said, Repay to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as lies in you, <coughs> excuse me, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. That is the opposite of what people do today. <laughs> he says, don't worry about protecting yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. Give that place to the Lord to protect you. Get, let him protect you. Man, in Psalms 18, if you read that sometimes, it talks about how King David said, man, the Lord is my defense. He said, man, I, my enemies came against me. I cried to the Lord, and he said, I saw the Lord coming through the clouds in chariots with fire coming out of his nostrils and smoke out of his like he was so angry to, to avenge David's enemies that were coming at him. Because the Lord wants to do wants to take care of you, wants to take care of you. You're his child. But you but the moment you start trying to do it, the Lord's not in it. You done messed up. You gotta give it to the Lord. He said, vengeance is mine. So he said, Temple of the Vengeance not yourself, but rather give place to rest, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Some people say, well, you know, if I don't do something, they're just going to walk all over me. So, you'll get a reward. You'll get your reward. Yeah, verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Uh, so, so, uh, so he says, uh, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with the good. Amen. So just what you just said, God bless those that curse you and do all manner of evil against you. And where I'm at with that, and I, we've read it several times, and I've read it, I mean, the motive behind doing that work is not that I'm heaping coals over your head. I don't want to have that motive. You follow what I'm saying? Like, no, you've you got to understand heaping coals, hot coals. It sounds like I'm head. really true. In the day, that was a blessing. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, because they used coals to heat and cook, and they used to carry them in bowls over their head. Okay. So that's what that verse actually refers really? to. Well, see, that really makes Jewish a lot tradition. more sense, yeah. because it sounds yeah. to me like you're doing yeah, all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it didn't sound so, right to me. Either. It sounds like I'm still trying to get open on this person, and the, if the heart's not correct, yeah. then you're not, what are you doing? No, but it, 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 was well, I'm glad, it was actually I'm glad blessing. I heard that's that. good, Don. I yeah. never, I never yeah. knew that. So. And it's kind of like, you know, you do something, somebody somebody just blesses you back and blesses you back, you you you, you feel, and you, you being a big guy, you know, you're like, you know, how can you keep doing that to them, you know? And that's kind of what that heap of coal is doing. It's not that you're hurting them, it's that you're showing them, you know, because by them speaking evil of you, you see the good work come forth from you. They, they'll say, man, that, that's, that just, that doesn't look right. You know, I was talking to the session because they like a lot of times, you know, in a job or something, they, you know, they'll make fun of you, they'll, they'll, you know, criticize you, or whatever, you know, for your faith. But then when, when the nitty gritty comes down and that person 
really goes through some hard times. I found this over and over in my life. Uh, what, what do they do is they, the first person they go to is that person that, you know, stood up and for the Lord and that didn't, that didn't retaliate. They said, man, he's got something that nobody else has. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to go find out. I'm, I need some help. Or yeah. they have a sincere prayer need yeah. and come to you. Yeah, exactly. Would you yeah. pray for me? Yeah, yeah. And you can pray too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, so anyway, uh, so the Lord commits himself to them, to the, to, to the Father, to uh, take care of, of those things in, uh, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Another scripture to, to call to mind, um, it says that uh, in, in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, if you go there, this is an important verse, because a lot of people think this is really strange. Verse 12, chapter 4, says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing's happening to you. <laughs> you know, you ever go through something, you know, you get, you, you have something really coming at you, and you're like, why me? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, this, this is like so weird. Why I'm doing everything right. You know, why is all this coming at me? You know, why are these people hating on me at all? Well, he said, don't think that's strange. That's supposed to happen, you know. But at the time when it's happening, you're like, you know, James, person be James says it counted all going. joy. Huh? And James says it counted all joy. That's right. It's working out for perseverance. That's right. Amen. Okay, so let's go back to, uh, <coughs> uh, we're st still speaking about being patient for the coming of the Lord. So let's go back now to 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's continue there. Um it says in verse 3 of chapter 3 of 2 Peter, it says, Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust or desires. Um, and saying, Where, hey man, where's the promise of this coming? What are you living for the Lord for? He's not coming back. You know, what, what happened? You, you know, you, you left alone. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things still just like they were from the creation. Heard that before. Uh, and then it goes on, and, but, it, but if you skip down with me to verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, the Lord's not, the Lord doesn't want anybody to perish. The Lord doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He's not willing to any, he's long-suffering, waiting, for that person, whenever they're ready to, whenever they turn from their ways and turn to the Lord. Well, he's, not, he's not willing to any should perish, but that all would come to that place of the knowledge of the and Lord. In Romans, it talks about uh, him waiting on the full number of the Gentiles. Does that have to do mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, it can be also, yeah, until yeah. the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. But, but that all should come to what? That's an important word. Amen. You know, it's not just to just come to the Lord, but they come to repentance. That what is repentance? It's turning, having a change of mind, turning from the way that you were before, to walking in a new direction and walking in the Lord. It's also like I've talked to people before, like to make it really, really practical. You know, because you would tell somebody to stop sinning or to turn from sin, and they hear you. But in their mind, like, okay, I don't know which which sin that you're talking about. Like, what what sin do I need to? 
and can't even identify in their head real quick, you know, what sins need to go because there's so much, so much clutter up there. So to, to make it practical for people, I help them by identifying what those sins are. You know, I say, okay, what, what type of influences are you, are you causing yourself to be consumed by? Yep. What TV shows are you watching? What music are you listening to? What people you have around you? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, what type of friends are you carrying around you? You know what I mean? What type of media or websites you indulging in? All this stuff mm -hmm. play a part. You know, also, Cedric, is, is reading your Bible. Yeah. You know, when you read the Word, I mean, it's all over the place if you just open your eyes. Right. The, uh, I saw we had three uh, comments on the last video, and somebody says, man, it's so simple. <laughs> it's, it's like so simple when yeah. you just look at, just do what Jesus said to do. You know, that's it. And he, he made it so clear. But man comes back and he complicates it, saying we're in this reformed theology now, and they try to change it all up and say, and basically say, you don't need to really do anything. All you need to do is just trust in the finished work of Christ. And Jesus never said that. Never. You know, and, and uh, but that's what they'll say instead of just taking the simplicity of it, because like you, all those things are good. Helping someone to identify that, that's good. And the scripture identifies all that if they'll look at the word of God. The Lord said this, if you'll seek me with all your heart, that he will be found. Yeah. But it takes everything. It takes all your being to, to want this. But, but is it worth it? It's eternity. Yeah. It's living for eternity. Most of us don't have a lot of years left here on this earth, period. So how much more so to live what you have left for the Lord with all your heart and turn from anything that you may have doubt about and walk in Jesus Christ with everything. Mm -hmm. So it says here in 2 Peter chapter 3, it says, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come, but it's going to come as a thief in the night. Now, how does, a th how does, how does that thief in the night come? When a thief comes, he wants to come when you least expect him to. That's how a thief works. He doesn't come in broad daylight. He comes when you least expect him to. And he says, with the thief and I, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, understanding that everything, that this is going to happen, he says, what kind of person ought you to be? Wow, boy, that ought to hit home. Seeing that you know this is all going to take place, everything's going to be burned up in fervent heat, it's all going to be gone, what kind of person, what kind of life should you be living? On, it's a good time to start fearing God. Huh? It's a good time to start fearing God. And he says, John, what are you? I'm in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. Thank you. What's that, Claire? Um, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in in the which the heavens shall pass away. The day of the Lord, that's not referencing the second coming, though, right? The day of the Lord is the judgment day. That's not the second coming right there. Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, that, that, is, the, that is the second coming. The but day the of the judgment and the day of the second coming is all within the same period. Yeah. Look, look at, look no, at Rebel. Wait, before you leave that scripture, because you're going to confuse me. Okay. If in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, the day of the Lord comes, Jesus returns, the second coming, 
the heaven shall pass away when Jesus returns? When he comes, those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up in, right. in the air with the Lord. Right, but and then, then all this is going to close up. That's all. This is all that happens. This is the day of the Lord. It says, but verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the, in the night in the witches of heaven. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'll show you. Thessalonians chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, verse 1, are you there? Let me get you one But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, okay, there it is again, mm -hmm. so cometh as a thief in the night, saying the same thing that 2 Peter 3 says. It's as a, he's coming as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. For you are all children of light and children of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So why would that day not overtake you as a thief? Tell me why. What's the scripture saying here? Anybody? Because you're walking in the light. Exactly. If you're walking in the light, you're ready for the Lord. It's not going to overtake you as a thief because you're ready. It's going to overtake those that are not ready as a thief, you see. But you're, he says, for you are children of the light. How is darkness going to, or anything going to come at you? you you're, you're living in light. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us, let us not sleep as do others. In other words, we're awake. But let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith, love, or heaven and hope of salvation, and go on. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He had appointed us to the wrath of hell. Amen. He's appointed us to be with him. So that is the coming of the Lord. So, um, and the same thing that Peter's talking about here. He reiterates what Paul said there, you know, in the chapter before. He goes in chapter 4 and he says, concerning those that have died, he said, I would not have you to be ignorant. He said, for the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be, shall be caught up together with them in the, in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But 2 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 2 says, Paul says, concerning the gathering togethering of ourselves and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't want you to be ignorant, to be not moved one way or the other. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Falling away of what? Falling away of people that didn't, right. didn't continue to, to go on in the Lord. That didn't walk and, and walk in his, in his righteousness. Didn't have that place of repentance. Or, walked, or continued uh, and went back and, and, and repented of their salvation. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, but he says, there shall come a falling away first, then the man of sin will be re revealed, the son of perdition, who will exalt himself above all that is called God, and then the Lord shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. And he, and, and he said that this Antichrist would come on the scene and, and be bringing forth all these miracles so that he would deceive many, and that, they would, and that uh, the Lord would send him a strong delusion to believe a lie because they love not the truth. So they, they, they believe a lie. So anyway... But does that have to come to pass? I mean, if the Lord decided he wanted to come back in the next three minutes, 
The, the Lord said this. He said that no man knows the hour that the Son of Man comes back. Not even the Son of Man. No man knows. So people that tell you, well, they give you a day, an hour. That's, no, they don't know. Well, it's it's not new moons and all that kind of stuff. The Lord can do whatever he wants to do. That's but right. this is the important thing. Go with me, to, if you would, to Luke chapter 17, Ben, mm -hmm. and I think this will help you there. Luke 17. And verse, we'll just start at verse 24. For as the lightning, I'll give you time to tear you get there. Luke 17 and verse 24. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. In other words, everybody's going to see. Everybody's going to see it when, the, when, the, when the Jesus comes. It's not going to be where you're not going to see it because when the clouds open, the whole world's going to see him come. But first must, must he suffer many things to be rejected of his, this generation, which that happened. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Well, the Lord, the Lord told them to shut the door and it destroyed all, everybody on earth. For they didn't eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So they were carrying on normal life. They, they didn't know. They thought, hey, everything's just going on just like it is. They eat and drink and they marry and everything's going on. Likewise, also, it was as in the days of Lot. They didn't eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thou, thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and the stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it, take it away. And he that is in the field, let him not likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. What does she do? She looked back. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall seek to lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, that night there shall be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken, the other left. There are two women grinding, one shall be taken, the other left. Two men will be filled, one taken, the other left. And he explains that. Um, go with me now uh, to chapter, four, chapter 12 of Luke. Yeah, chapter 12. Yeah, let's start at verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins of be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like, like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Kind of like the, the 10 versions, you remember, in, in Matthew 25. Blessed are the servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come into second watch or come into third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have, would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken through, right? So they that walk in the light, they're ready. They didn't come as a thief, but this guy's not ready. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour, when you think not. <laughs> okay, 
Then Peter said to him, Lord, explain all this to us. And Jesus said, verse 40, who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord shall make rule over his household to give them his portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing for the truth. I say to you, he will make him rule over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delaying his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of the servant will come in a day when he looks not for him. Amen. So what, what I'm saying is, is that for a long time, you know, you hear that uh, well, the, the guy needed to come on the scene and do miracles and touch and do these things and then a great fall away and then there's a seven year deal and you, you preached it before. So a person can hold on to that and say, well, I got plenty of time. They still have to have this guy come on the scene, the Antichrist, and then there's going to be a seven-year deal. I got plenty of time. And people will hold on to it. And so... That's right, but because the Lord <laughs> can come in the next minute and a half if he chooses. So the question is that, I know that we read this, that a great falling away must first happen, and then this guy comes on the scene... And people will hold on to that. And well, say, the, the falling away has already happened. Well, I mean, you it's know. already happened. It's, it's been it's been happened. There's, there, there, how many people do you know that are really walking righteously in the Lord? They I don't know. They all have fallen away. Um, um, what I'm saying is, and the question that I, I asked is that with with my walk and the, and the, what I deal with, people will use. And hold on to whatever they can to do whatever the heck they want to do. That's right. Justify themselves. And they will justify it and they will rationalize it right. and make things okay that are really not okay. But are you it's saying, in the eyes of God. But Ben, are you asking, you're saying he could come at any time he could. if he wanted to. But you know that it is written that certain things have to Must take place. Take. Well, I know, but and I, I know that. Okay. But the thing about that is, is he can come whenever he wants to come. I think what Ben is saying, though, and this is very true, is that what, what a person's interpretation of signs yeah. may not be real signs. For instance, you have a guy now that says, uh, talks about all these, um, these moons and these different things, that, of, of all this, and he talks about over and over again. He keeps the one saying it's happening at this certain time. Uh, over and over, uh, Schofield wrote and said that this is going to happen this time. They've all been wrong. Yeah. The great planet Earth, the, the Hal Lindsey, is wrong. Talk about the signs that are in the Word. Okay, but what do you? Okay, the only thing that you have in the Word that really says it's going to take place. You can read Revelation first of all, and he says the, the the first resurrection does not take place until Revelation chapter twenty. He said this is the first resurrection. So a lot of people say, well, no, the resurrection is going to take place. Uh, uh, prior to the, uh, any tribulation, there's, there's no scripture that says that. Now, you can take Jimmy, like a Jimmy Swaggy Bible who changed his Bible, the only one that did about it, all the Bible, and he took 2 Thessalonians that we just read, and it says that there would be a great falling away. He changed it to a great catching away to make his doctrine fit. The thing. Yeah, but so it doesn't say so, that. So, just to kind of give me, are you uh, believe pre, mid, or post? I'm at, I'm at the contention that um, I understand that through the scriptures and reading the scriptures, uh, I, I see, as far as what the scriptures teach, I see us going through some hardships. I do too. You know, um, 
I don't think this easy believism. I see people in, in, in Hebrews 11 that, that had their, it was sawn in half. Uh, all the disciples were, were martyred to death. We're not any better than they are. But right. for some reason, some people think, well, God's just going to escape this. It's kind of like that scripture we read in verse Thessalonians chapter 5 that said we're not appointed unto the wrath of God. So they'll say, see, we're not supposed to go through tribulation. The wrath of God is, is hell. It's destruction. It's not talking about that you're not going to go through some hardship. The disciples went through hardship. Yeah. They went through wrath. It wasn't the wrath of God, but right. it was wrath, you know, that he went through. So how much harder, more hardship is there? But this time that's so we'll coming. We'll be persecuted. We'll be the wrath of man, the wrath of the Antichrist. And beheaded and imprisoned. The answer for the guy that uh, says that he's got plenty of time, yeah. he, he might be guaranteed that it's not going to happen tomorrow, but yeah. he's not guaranteed his next he's breath. He's not, he's not guaranteed the next anything. minute, five minutes but, of his life. You know, and if he's yeah. not prepared, that's right. it that's doesn't right. matter how, how, how long it takes. And, and, that's what, and that's the subject matter, Don, that you're talking about there because that's what he's talking about, to have patience right. for when it does come. And, and, and he's saying the only one that really doesn't know when he's coming is the man that's not ready for him coming. Just be prepared. prepared. But because if you're ready for him to come, it doesn't matter. That's right. It matter. <laughs> you're walking in the light. You're ready. You know, so if the Lord comes tonight, so be it. Yeah. And, and everybody's... Uh, and all these theologies out there, they've been proven to be wrong over and over again. All this 70 weeks of Daniel, you know, they talk about all that. They've been proven to be wrong over and over. You can't trust it. All I can trust is what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says, I know, the Word of God says that, that there's going to be a great falling away. There's no doubt in my mind it's happened. The man of sin is revealed. He may already be revealed. He may already be revealed. And you may not, it may not have understood who he is now. So as far as the time of the Lord coming, that's the only two prophecies I see in the Bible that need to be, that be, ought to be fulfilled. Everything else has already been taken care of. So it could, it could be tomorrow. It could be tonight. Because yeah. you don't know the date or hour. That's right. But the main thing that he's saying here is endure the affliction. He says you consider Job. Job went through a, a, one hell of a time. The Bible says Job was a perfect man, upright, and did not sin. Yeah. The Bible said it. And you know who said that? God said it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say it. Somebody else didn't say it. It's clear. God said in all of this, he did not sin with his mouth. He said he was perfect. He said he was upright. He said he was blameless. Job was a man that did not sin. What, did he sin when he was a kid? Probably, maybe so. I don't know. But at that time, God said he was not sinning. And Job got... Got a terrible affliction comes in because the Lord, because the enemy asked said God let me add him and he'll curse you, and God allowed him to go through horrific affliction of losing his family, of losing all of his monetary things, all of his animals, everything that he had, stripped him of his health also where he had balls unrecognizable to his friends, his own wife told him to curse God and die, suffering. You talk about some suffering. Yeah. And he went through this for a long time, it looked like. But then what happened at the end of his life? God came back and blessed Job. Had his friends that friends even turned against him and mocked him and told him he had been doing wrong. That's why he had all this stuff come on him. And then, you know, what in the world are we talking about? God told his friends, you need to go to Job and ask Job to make an offering for you. You need to go apologize to Job. You need to make it right with Job and make it right. And then at the end, Job got blessed. 
10 times more than he ever did. He had, he had children. He lived, what, to the fourth or fifth generation with his children. He had more monetary gain than he ever had before. So he says, consider Job. In other words, when you're going through the trial, Amen. when you're going through the testing time, consider Job. I'm going to come out on the other side. I'm going to be okay on the other side, is what he says. And that's what God wants you to look at. Let's finish James. We're going to finish reading. And that's what God wants you to look at. That's your example. Uh, and he 